Hey, hey, welcome, friends and family, to episode number 50 of Audit Bites. So remember, Audit Bites is the only live podcast where we talk about auditing. It's a place where we help auditors to become awesome. You can catch past episodes like Board Governance Gone Wrong and others on your favorite podcasting platforms or live here on LinkedIn or even YouTube. You know what else? You can go to my website, thatarticguy.com, and catch your past episodes, too. This is episode number 49. Episode number 49. And you know what? Today's topic is you can't audit what you don't understand. You can't audit what you don't understand. But you know what? I actually have a question. I have a question for everyone. I have a question. Is it ethical? to audit what you don't understand? Is it even ethical to audit what you don't understand? That's the question that I am wondering. Is it ethical to audit what you don't understand? And I see we have some people joining us. Sabine, how are you? We definitely need to catch up. Now, while I'm asking that question, is it ethical to audit what you don't understand? Let me talk about something near and dear to me. Listen, it's the end of the year and you need those two hours of ethics credit. Don't scramble around looking for something and then sign up for a one way webinar that bores you half to death. You see, my friends, I am giving away a free ethics course. It is December the 6th. At 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, now you can do the time adjustments for wherever you are. Check the QR code that you're looking at on your screen. And for those of you who might be listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to me, you can go to thatarticguy.com slash ethics and sign up. Now, while we're here and we're talking about free stuff, you know how we do it on this show. Every episode, most episodes, some episodes, we give away a prize. If you want to be put in the drawing for today's prize, those of you who are regulars, you know what to do. For everybody else, let's show them what to do. Drop the hashtag that, I, that audit guy into the chat wherever you are watching, whether that is YouTube or LinkedIn. Here's what it's going to look like. Hashtag that audit guy. And you will be put into a drawing for a free gift. So now back to the question for the day. Have you ever audited something that you just simply didn't understand? So I'm going to tell you all a story. I mean, this podcast wouldn't be this podcast without a story, right? Years ago, I worked for Deloitte. And for those of you who've worked in Big Four, you know how strenuous and crazy it is. So I remember one Friday, I had wrapped up working on a client assignment, and I'm on my way home. My manager stops me as I'm on my way out the door, and she tells me to buy a ticket over the weekend. And I'm thinking, buy a ticket for what? Where am I going? Are you sending me on vacation? No. She wanted me to buy a ticket to a client. Who was the client, I asked? Well, she wasn't quite sure. So now I'm really confused because it's Friday afternoon and you want me to go to a client on Monday to do what? So that was my next question. What am I supposed to be doing at this client's office? She said she didn't know, but I was going to be working with the Houston office. So I then asked, do you have a contact name? 
I didn't have a contact name either. I was told that someone would be contacting me, that someone would be contacting me. Anybody ever been in a situation like that where at a moment's notice, you are now supposed to be auditing something and you kind of don't have much of a clue what it is or who it is. All right, let me just pause for one moment because we got quite a few of you watching right now. And for those of you watching on mobile devices, I do apologize. LinkedIn, well, sometimes you can't comment. Here's what you need to do, though. You need to update the app. I noticed that when that happens, oftentimes there's an update that I need. And I've gotten a few emails. I actually just got one from someone saying, hey, Rob, I'm listening on the app, but it won't let me comment. Well, that's the problem. You're listening on the app and it's not your fault. It's LinkedIn, my friends. It is LinkedIn. So if you really want to comment, go over to your desktop. Now, I know some of you can't do that, but back to the show. So listen, here I am sitting here on a Friday afternoon needing to buy a ticket to go somewhere on Monday. So I was a little nervous. Like, what am I supposed to do? And better yet, how am I supposed to help this client if I don't even know who they are, what industry they're in, and what is the expectation of me when I get there? So that Sunday morning, I actually did receive an email from someone out of our Houston office telling me who the client was. But at this point now, my next question is, what do you want me to do? So they tell me they don't know yet. They're not sure. Now, this was before we had instant messaging and all this other good stuff. We did have Yahoo. We didn't have Google yet, I don't think, but we did have Yahoo. So I go to Yahoo and I look up the financial statements for the company, and that at least gives me some insight as to what they did. Now, this was an oil bunkering company, and I had no idea what that was because I wasn't in the oil and gas industry at that particular point. So I had to quickly get up to speed as to what they did, which is crazy, right? Over a weekend. That doesn't make sense. Now, eventually, though, I was able to gather some information quickly on the industry. And then when we got there, we had dinner that Sunday night. So I talked to the people from the Houston office and I was able to quickly gain somewhat of an understanding as to what they did. I was able to get somewhat of an understanding as to what they did. But it took a lot of effort and we shouldn't have to go through that much effort to actually understand what it is that our clients do. Now, I know this may have been an extreme example, but I meet so many auditors who are so confused about the processes that they are auditing. They're simply given test objectives without any context. And if you're doing that to your auditors, stop it. That's not fair to them. It's not fair to your organization. Now, you find this happening a lot with Sarbanes-Oxley auditors. Those SOX auditors, man, they're just giving, here's the control you want to test without even understand, understanding the underlying processes. If you are doing that as an auditor, stop it. You're only hurting yourself in your career. You're truly hurting yourself in your career if you're doing that. You see, our job is about people and processes. It's the tagline of my business, people, processes, and profits. First, we improve the people. Then we improve the processes. Then we can help our organization improve the profits. Those processes are extremely important. Now, I know there are going to be some SOX auditors who are going to hear this and they're going to be mad at me, but I'll say, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. So now, 
realistically, I know that most good auditors, well, all good auditors actually want to understand the underlying processes, but you're typically constrained by budgets and sometimes by managers who simply want to check the audit off of their audit plan. So the question becomes, what in the world should you do to understand the processes? What in the world should you do to understand client processes? Well, let's talk about that in just one moment. Hey, we got a lot of you guys joining us here today. Karina, it's good to see you. You've become a regular. I feel like you're family now. Shri is joining in on YouTube. I appreciate that because for those of you who don't know, we stream live on YouTube. The catalog of shows is on YouTube and starting in 2024, we're going to have short form content on YouTube about internal auditing. So go over there and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go ahead, do that. Francis, good to see you here. Jim, it's always good to see you, my friend. We need to catch up. I know we said that last week and we just didn't. So with Thanksgiving this week in the U.S., it'll probably be next week, huh? Michael Holt, good to see you. Good to see you. Daniel, Daniel, good to see you. And my man, Clarence. Now, you guys know Clarence is my guy. I love me some Clarence. That's my friend. And we need to catch up as well, Clarence. We need to catch up as well. So look, Everybody's dropping the hashtag that audit guy. Is that all you want from me today as a prize? No one's going to add to the conversation. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Happy Tuesday. Yes, it is a happy Tuesday. Actually, you know what? LinkedIn gives me fits sometimes. So LinkedIn, let me see if I can figure out who you are. I don't know who you are. Anyway. Happy Tuesday to you, too. So listen, has anything ever happened to any of you guys like that scenario I just presented? That was the extreme example. But oftentimes we're given things to test and we don't understand the underlying context, how the process actually works. But that, my friends, is where the magic happens. So I know what you're probably wondering. You're probably wondering, well, Robert, what in the world can I do? How do I understand the underlying processes for the things that I audit. Well, it's pretty simple. Use your company's products or services. Use them. That's the best way to get the context. Now, here's my question for you. When is the last time you've actually used the products or the services that your company offers? Now, there's going to be somebody out there who works for some company where they can't do that. I get it. That happens because it's always easy to do if your company makes donuts, right? If you are an auditor for Krispy Kreme, you would love to actually go in and see how the donuts are made. But let me give you a few examples of companies I've worked for when I've actually had to do this. So many years ago, I worked for a grocery chain that was called Winn-Dixie. And it was funny because everybody has that one person in the office that's responsible for the office gatherings. You know, every time there's a birthday, that person brings in a cake. They buy the card to, to, to pass out and sign for that person. Well, at Winn-Dixie, we had that one person that would do that for us. Now, the first time we had a birthday, she bought in a cake from one of our stores. And we ate the cake and we had a good time eating the cake. But the second time... She bought in a cake from one of our competitors. The third time she did it too. Now, after the fourth time, the boss said something to her about it. She was like, well, why are you getting cakes from our competitor? 
And she gave some really valuable feedback. She said, first, it takes too long to actually order the cakes. The process is arduous and painful. Second, our cakes aren't as good as our competitors' cakes. Hmm. Now, if I'm an auditor, I would take that as really good feedback because ultimately we're here to serve our clients. I heard her say that to our boss and I wondered what he did with that information because I know what I would have done with that information. But I'll give you another example. When I worked for this grocery chain, we used to go out and do store audits. So we would audit individual stores. We'd look at the cash. We'd look at the operations and things like that. Time after time, the head cashier in these stores would complain that he or she never had enough manpower, enough employees to actually service customers. And I didn't understand what she meant until I started looking at long lines forming in the stores. So I asked, why does this happen? And she said that the manager would never schedule enough employees on duty to service customer needs, especially during peak hours. So now the curious auditor that I was, I was wondering, why is this the case? And here's what we found out. We found out that a part of the store manager's bonus structure was based on his or her ability to keep hours low. So what they do, they cut cashier hours, which then meant that we had long lines, which was not meeting our customer needs. Now, let me tell you how significant this is. When I worked for this organization, it was a $24 billion Fortune 500 organization. Now, a few years after I left that organization, it became a $6 billion corporation. Now, I know what you're thinking, $6 billion, that's still a lot, but think about this, over half the revenue. They had 1,200 retail locations when I worked there. Afterwards, they only had 600. I would imagine that a part of it was probably back-end operations, the things that we audit, but also things that affected the customers. If customers stop buying your products or service, it's because they are unhappy. And as auditors, if we're not looking at the products and services that our companies offer, then what are we doing? We're not doing our job right, I can tell you that. All right, all right. We've got a comment that I want to look at here. And, oh, and this is Christine. Hey, Christine. Christine says, worked within the financial sector. Being a customer was a great way to understand the processes of how things were done, opening up accounts, loans, etc. That's a good point because when I actually worked in the financial services sector, one of the banks I worked for, I actually got a loan. Now, I'm not saying that you guys should go and get loans, but I happen to be looking for a home. And I got a home loan with the bank that I worked for. Process was seamless. Now, when I refied my loan a few years later with another bank, oh, God, it was a horrible process. But drawing upon the bank that I worked for, it, it helped me out personally, but it also helped me out as an auditor because we knew what things to avoid now as an organization. So that's a very good point, Christine. Very, very good point. Awesome point. Now. Now, obviously, the best way to understand the things that you're auditing is to experience the products and or services. Anybody remember Blockbuster? I use this example a lot 
But today is going to be something different that I'm going to say. So I know somebody out there is like, yeah, here he is talking about Blockbuster again. And for those who don't remember Blockbuster, let's give the historical context. Back in the day, we didn't just stream movies from our computer. Back before we even had DVDs, you had to go and get VHS tapes. You had to get tapes if you wanted to watch a movie. And Blockbuster was a company that sold, well, you rented VHS VHS tapes from a Blockbuster store. So you had to drive to a physical store, hope that the movie that you wanted to see was there, and go and rent that movie. Blockbuster was a $6 billion corporation at its height. They had over 1,900 retail locations, but they had a big problem. Netflix was coming and coming fast. Now, rumor has it that the founder of Netflix founded the company because of his frustration with late fees coming from Blockbuster. You see, if you didn't turn in that videotape on time, you got charged late fees. Here's the thing that was funny back in the day. Even if you turned in that tape on time, sometimes you would get late fees. Conspiracy theory here. I think that somehow Blockbuster was trying to use late fees as a way to increase their revenue. Here's why I say this, and you can go look this up. At one point in time, Blockbuster had $800 million in late fees alone. It made up about 16% of their annual revenue. Now, you mean to tell me some auditor out there didn't look at the financial statements and then look at the process of turning in videotapes and say, look, people, this process sucks. We need to change this. Because honestly, that bad process is what caused the founder of Netflix to start Netflix. Processes count. We need to look at our organization's processes, especially if we are internal auditors. Now, Brent Berkman says it works the same for investing. Yeah, only invest in what you know and understand. Hershey, Disney, Procter & Gamble. Yes, man. When I was trading stocks back in the day, personally for myself, it was for companies that I understood. I'm not going to look at the numbers, especially when, okay, I'm going to say something that's going to make a few people mad, but seriously, do we really think that the stock market is based on fundamentals? There is some in there, you know, based on the numbers, but really, it's what people feel. When times are hard, the staples do well. Toilet paper, food, they do fairly well because you have to have those and people aren't going to stop purchasing those things. So somebody's going to be mad and triggered that. to this show with Brett's comment sitting up here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Marsha says Blockbuster is always a great learning tool. Yeah, it is. Because think about all the mistakes that they made. It was just astronomical, the number of mistakes that they made. Okay, okay, okay. So let's, let's talk briefly now. What are the benefits of understanding what you're auditing? What are the benefits of understanding what it is that you are auditing? Benefit number one, you get customer insight into operations. I mean, every company should be concerned about its customers, right? So as auditors, shouldn't we focus on the things that the customers face? 
Now, I, I know, I know, I know. It sounds groundbreaking. It sounds counterintuitive. No, it really doesn't. And it shouldn't. If it sounds groundbreaking to anyone, then you might be in the wrong profession. Because I get it, right? Sarbanes-Oxley is important, but without customers patronizing your organization, there is no Sarbanes-Oxley, right? So one of the benefits of understanding what you audit is you get to see your customer insights. You get to have insights into what your customers see. The second one is you get insight into the pain point of the personnel. You get insight into the pain points of personnel. Remember the story I just told the, the head cashiers, they would always tell us it was hard for them to do their job because they were constantly having to come from the back and actually open up a register because there weren't enough cashiers in the store to service the customers. Now, a part of this was because the managers that were on duty needed to reduce payroll hours. I'm sorry, not needed. Wanted to reduce payroll hours because their bonus was based on keeping payroll expenses low. So you see how when you understand the operations of the organization that you're auditing, you now become a bigger benefit to that organization. So benefit number one, you get customer insights into operations. Number two, you get to see the pain points of personnel. Happy people work harder for your company. They work better for your company, but also they find ways to help you save money and increase your brand awareness too. But the third reason is you'll actually make a difference. Now, a lot of people outside of our profession don't believe this, but I can almost guarantee you that most of you got into the profession because you really wanted to make a difference. You don't want to sit around and point out everything that's happening that's bad at your company. You want to help improve things. If you believe that too, drop some emojis for me, a heart, a hand clap, I want to know if other auditors feel this way, too. Most of us got into the profession because we want to help. I highly doubt it if anyone said, I want to be an auditor so I can point out everything that's going wrong within my organization. There may be one or two of you out there. And for those of you who are like that, I'm sorry for any audit clients or auditors who have to work with difficult auditors like that. Oh, Christine is on YouTube. Hey, Christine, you switched over, huh? She says, do you think when an auditor understands the operations slash audit personnel tend to be more open about actual issues? Absolutely. Here's what I think happens. I think when you understand the operations, you become more empathetic to your audit clients. And I think also when that happens, you don't write up garbage recommendations because now you truly have an understanding of your client's pain points. I think you collaborate better with your clients as well, but I think you activate this empathy when you understand the operations. Uh, and I'll give you a good example of that. So I had one client, I was the chief auditor for a university and she was having problems. Um, how can I say this without going too far into the weeds? She was having problems onboarding students. It was this huge manual process, and it actually cost her a lot of time, effort, and energy. And she was constantly asking her boss for money to actually solve her problem. Now, 
I sat down with her and I actually watched her do the process. It took them about a day and a half to do this process. And I was sitting here cringing, looking at this thing. Um, now, the fix, the fix was only going to cost her about $5,000 or cost the department $5,000. So I asked her, did you did you tell your manager how much it would cost? And by the way, how much is it actually costing you in man hours to actually perform this? And so we sat down and added up the total cost. And the total cost was more than $5,000. But what we discovered along the way was that she had never presented the case to her boss with the actual cost benefit of it. She had just whined. And I called her a whiner. <laughs> I said, your boss doesn't want to hear you whine. So we sat there and we put up a business case showing the actual cost of the add-on for the system that they were using, but also the man hours that were being expended, but also just the, 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 the time itself where her personnel could have been doing other things. And so I wasn't I wouldn't have been able to see that if I had just come in and just audited and said, hand me this documentation. Oh, you're not doing this right, because sometimes there were errors because of the manual entry. That was the other part of it, too. So I think that when you truly start to understand your audit clients operations, you become more empathetic with them and it makes you a better auditor and it makes your recommendations better, which makes the entire audit process better, because, I mean, realistically, isn't that what we're here for? We're here to try to help make things better. Yeah, Christine, there is no glitch on YouTube, right? I know. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree with that and I completely understand that. Okay, okay. So now we're not done yet, though. We're not done yet, though. Those are the three benefits of understanding what you audit. Now we're going to give six tips on how to better understand the operations that you are auditing. But before I do that, let me go back to something I said earlier. Look, it is the end of the year. You need those two hours of ethics credit. Don't scramble around looking for something to sign up for. That's a one way webinar that bores you half to death. If you've been to any of my presentations and if you're listening to or watching this podcast, you probably know I'm a little bit different in the way that I present. It's even better when you get onto some of our virtual courses because it's even more interactive and engaging. So I'm giving away a free ethics course live December the 6th at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can do the time translation for wherever you are. There's a QR code here if you're watching. If you're listening on the podcasting platforms, go to thatauditguy.com slash ethics and register for this course. Listen, this course is just one of many that we're going to be doing starting next year. We're giving you CPEs that you need, but they're also in an entertaining and an educational fashion. They're also done in a collaborative fashion because guess what? When you're sitting here in a Google Meet room with me, we come off mute and we talk and we have discussions too. So we need a community to help cultivate the audit profession. That's what we're starting to do next year. You'll have at least two or three different webinars coming from us a month. Now, these won't all be free. You have to pay for some, but just follow me on LinkedIn. You'll get more information. You'll join a community and you'll have a bunch of fun because isn't that what it's all about? Our jobs should be fun. It shouldn't be something that we run away from. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. How in the world can you gain insights and understand the things that you're auditing? Well, I already said it. 
Try it. Experience the products and or services that your company offers. Now, obviously, not everyone's going to be able to do that. But for some of us, we'll be able to look at our vendors and our primary customers and ask them for their feedback. But here are six ways to understand the processes that you're auditing that you are auditing. And the first one is research. My goodness, Google is your best friend. ChatGPT is like a savior for auditors if you know how to actually prompt it appropriately. By the way, coming up in the new year, we're going to have a course for you on ChatGPT and how to use it as an internal auditor. But find out the basics of your industry. What's the jargon? How is profit made? How does your industry make profit? Here's why that's important. Follow the money. When you follow the money in the organization, you figure out what's important to the people in the organization. Anyway, find out what they spend money on, how they make money. Follow the money. So do your research. What are the profit drivers for your organization? What are the expense drivers for your organization? Again, ChatGPT, Google, all of these things are at your disposal. And I grew up in a time when we didn't have these things. So it was hard and we had to do number two. Collaborate with subject matter experts. So I'll tell you what, in the early 2000s, actually late 90s, early 2000s, I was in the banking industry and uh, we did mortgage banking as well as traditional banking. And we did this thing called mortgage backed securities. When I first saw those, I had no idea what this was. And yet we had to audit it. So what we did was we hired a subject matter expert in mortgage backed securities. Now, this person was not an auditor, but we did two things. We brought her in and we had her teach us everything that we needed to know about mortgage-backed securities and how that worked. Then, as we did the audit the first year, we used her. So while we were auditing, we had a subject matter expert with us. That helped build everyone's knowledge of what a mortgage-backed security was and how it actually worked. So collaborate with subject matter experts. Here's something else. You'll find that oftentimes, guess who are the primary subject matter experts that you should go to? Your freaking audit clients. I mean, think about this. If you have a good relationship with them, they'll tell you everything that you need to know about their industry. Because realistically, if we do our jobs right, everybody understands that we help more than we hurt. Now, if we do our jobs wrong, we hurt more than we help. We hurt more than we help. Yeah, Daniel, that's exactly what I'm saying. It helps to create a stronger stakeholder relationship and you will offer more effective recommendations and you'll create trust in the audit team. That just makes sense, right? It just makes sense. Oh, this is David Gus. David, hey, man. Oh, wait, no, that's not David. This is somebody saying they hope all is going well with David. Oh, that's Christine again. So David must be here somewhere. All right. I got a little excited. I thought I saw David Gust here in the audience. Okay, so six ways to understand the processes you audit. One, do your research. Two, collaborate with subject matter experts. And here's the secret tip. Your, your clients are one source of subject matter experts for the things that we audit. So don't be afraid of our clients. Oftentimes, the first time we talk to them is when it's time to do an audit. How are you going to build a relationship like that? You should be going to see your clients often. Schedule it. Just go and pop in. Hey, how you doing? Eventually, after they get sick of seeing you, they'll like seeing you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> sometimes we auditors are like a fungus. We grow on you. 
The third thing you want to do is review documentation. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Review audit documentation? Yeah, but go above and beyond that. There are trade publications that you can review. Join trade associations outside of audit. Whatever industry you're in, there is a trade association that produces some sort of periodic publication that you can learn from. Better yet, ask your clients what trade publications they read and go and get subscriptions to the same things. You know what happens then? You now have something to talk to your clients about. If there's an interesting article, ask your client about it. That also helps build better relationships with them, right? It just makes sense. So listen, six ways to understand the processes you audit. One, research. Two, collaborate with subject matter experts, including your clients. Three, review documentation, not just audit documentation, but also industry publications. Now we're halfway there, so here's what I want to tell you to do. Hang on until the end because we're having that giveaway. For those of you who joined late, if you want your name in the hat for a giveaway today, type hashtag that audit guy into the chat. Hashtag that audit guy into the chat. And it will look like this. You can do it on YouTube. You can do it on LinkedIn. And in the end, we're going to do a raffle. All right. All right. Ah, David says he is here, but he's behind. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right. So let's round the corner here. Round the corner here because I've gone a little long today. I try to, I like to keep it to about 30 minutes, sometimes 45, but hey, sometimes we get a little long. Okay. Six ways to understand the processes you audit. Number four, conduct thorough interviews. Look, take the time to really sit down with your clients. Really, take time to really sit down. And then there's one critical question that you need to ask them as you're doing walkthroughs with them. And that is, can you show me how you do this? Oftentimes what we do is we sit in a conference room and we have the clients recount their processes. Seeing is believing. When you see it, you have a better understanding of it, especially for those of you who are like me and you're visual. You can talk to me all day long and I, stuff you're saying is going to go over my head. But when I see it, I really have a good understanding of it. So sit down with them at their computer. Ask them to show you the process. That's when you really find out how they do things. Notice when they have pain points. Ask them about those pain points. Imagine if you can help them clear up some pain points. Now you have a decent relationship with your audit client because you truly have helped them out. So the next thing you want to do is observe the operations in action. That ties into number four. Conduct thorough interviews, but also observe the operations in action. You know what? I worked for, I said earlier, I worked for a grocery retail chain one time. We would go in and look at some of the manufacturing operations. I got to see how ice cream was made cookies and snacks and stuff like that. And then, you know, if they if they like you, you may actually get to sample some of the, the snacks. Anybody, anybody right now in uh, the manufacturing industry where you manufacture food and you're looking to co-source some of your operations, you're looking for some audit staff members, we do that at that audit guy. We provide outsourcing and co-sourcing for those who need help. 
I'd be happy to sample some of your snacks. <laughs> be real happy to sample some of your snacks. All right, all right, all right. Before I get too silly today, um, look, six ways to understand processes that you audit. First one was research. Second one was collaborate with subject matter experts. Third was review documentation, not just audit documentation, but some of those trade publications. Fourth was conduct thorough interviews. Fifth was really observe the operations in action because seeing is believing. And six is analyze data and reports. Listen, numbers don't lie, but here's what we do. We like to get data from our clients and then do our own analysis of it. Here's something else I want you to take a look at. Ask them what are their key performance indicators for their operations. Here's a big tip. If they don't have any, that's probably a governance problem. Even your accounts payable department should look at how many payments they process per month. They should probably have a goal. Look at how long it takes them to process those payments. They should probably have a goal. So whatever their goals and objectives are, that helps drive the operations. If they aren't meeting some of their goals and objectives, you can ask, what can we do to help you improve this process? We like to get a lot of data, but we don't ask them what kind of data they actually produce and what kind of data is actually important to them to manage their operations. So listen, I hope that these tips are helpful. I hope that these tips are helpful because we're closing out episode number 49 of Audit Bikes, but don't go yet because we've got a giveaway to do. Episode 49 is you can't audit what you don't understand. We've just told you the benefits of understanding the things that you've audited, that you audit. And we've also given you some tips on how to get a better understanding of the things that you audit. So now what we are going to do is set up for that giveaway. We are going to set up for that giveaway. And while I am setting things up, I'm going to remind you, go to my website, subscribe for my new, subscribe mm -hmm. to my newsletter. Go to the app store and give us a five-star review if you like this podcast. You know? All right. I've stalled long enough. I had to set up my screen to share with you all for the giveaway. And here it is. Oh, wait. Somebody said, I now work for a promotional product company that could help you with promoting that audit guy. Wait a minute. Who is that? Is that David? I can't see it. Just says LinkedIn user. Oh, it is David. <laughs> hey, man. Well, you know, David, I, I do have a lot of things that I can promote. If you've ever seen that audit guy's website, you know that we have merch in the store. We have hats, cups, mugs, and all that good stuff. So I'll probably be talking to you at some point. But without further ado, let's get to this giveaway. And let's see who our lucky winner is today. Karina, Karina, you've been trying to win for a few weeks now. So, <laughs> so congratulations. Now, the prize is, you know what? I'm going to do something different. Normally, I either give away a copy of my book or, or 
one of the I Love Audit mugs. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you choose and just message me through LinkedIn, either a copy of my book or the I Love Audit mug. So let me know which one you want. And um, I'll tell you how you can claim the coveted prize. All right. So, friends, this has been episode number 49. Remember now, we are a bi-weekly podcast. We run every other week. If you like this, tell all of your friends about it. By the way, another surprise. Starting in January, you will be able to get CPE credit for listening to this podcast live, only live. I built the back end of my website to be able to help us do that. Here's the other thing that's interesting about it. We won't be live on LinkedIn or YouTube. You'll be with me in a Google Meet room. Now, I'll still broadcast live on YouTube and LinkedIn, and that's for other people who maybe don't want credit. But if you want credit, you'll be live with me. And so after the show, we'll be able to have some of those discussions that you really want to have, but people don't offer you the chance to have discussions. Real Q&A, real collaboration. That's what's missing in our profession. Oh, wait, no, that's what was missing in our profession. So if you want to be kept up to date on that, go over to thatauditguy.com, sign up for my newsletter, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining.